welcome to Flights of Fantasy, your podcast book club. I'm one of your hosts, Anna, and I'm here with my two book besties, Christina and Kim. Hey, Hi, everyone. Yay. We are really excited about tonight's episode. Yeah. Um, it is National Women's History Month, and we have been pretty active on our social media pages promoting lots of various female authors and um, the books that they write yes. and the worlds they create. And we decided to do a special episode this week where we are featuring a few female authors and um, we're really excited about it because we actually, it's a spoiler-free episode, which will be interesting to do. Yeah. Um, We're going to try our our darndest. We sure are. Sometimes we get a little passionate, but we are going to rein that in. We will rein the passion in. Rein the spoiler passion in. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's definitely going to be tricky, especially because we purposefully each chose a book that none of the other two have read yet. So we're really kind of doing like like a little review of the book um, to kind of get everyone excited Mm -hmm. as well as talk about the authors and just these amazing characters and stories that they've created. So good. We had originally planned on discussing our favorite female authors, but then... When we actually sat down to make that list, it was just so <laughs> we had like, massive. We had like 10 to 12 authors and we were like, oh. well, we really want this to be a shorter episode. Yeah. And now this is like four hours. <laughs> yeah. We would have added more and more. We just like, we would have, we would have been here for days. So, um, so we decided to go another direction and each pick a book that the other ones haven't read by a great female author. Um, and of course, you know, we would be remiss if we're talking about female authors in general to not mention you know, our queen, Sarah J. Mass, or Jennifer mm. Armentrout, or Cassandra Clare, or Leah Bardugo. Danielle Jensen. Danielle Jensen. Mm. Just, like, all of these amazing, amazing women. Um, but when it comes to a lot of those incredible women, we either have recently done episodes on one of their books, or we are planning to do them in the near future. So instead, we, we kind of want to take this time to talk about, you know, some authors and some books we haven't gotten to talk about yet that really inspired us and you know take the time to elevate the voices of those really incredible female authors that really left their mark on us with their stories um and really use this time for that um okay should we get started yes let's let's do it it. i'm so excited i'm so excited excited too um okay oh do i start i've started yeah yeah christina you're up okay 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 so, oh, guys, I'm so excited. Okay, so um, the book I have brought is Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyami, and it is truly amazing. You guys are going to love it. I can't even, I like, I'm like, I'm smiling so big as I'm telling, like, looking at you while telling you this. I'm just so excited. I've already Stop bought it. I have it on my Kindle ready to go because you've been oh, raving about it. it. <laughs> okay. So, okay, so it's the first in a trilogy. This came out in 2018. And then the second book, um, the sequel, is called Children of Virtue and Vengeance. That came out in 2019. And then the third book is slated to come out this year. Um, And, yes, and it's already going to be a movie. So get ready for that. Really? What? Yes, yeah. It's already, after the first book, she signed a movie deal for the trilogy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, Wow. Well, now I have to read it. Yes. Also, Tomi, incredible. When the first book came out, she was 24. Are you serious? Yes. What? She was 24. And that's some like, that's like Adele shit. That really is. Yeah. When the book (laughs) came out and she immediately became New York Times bestseller and she's just incredible. Um, So, okay. So she is a Nigerian American author 
Um, and she said that the fantasy world that the book is set in is directly inspired by her West African heritage, which is really cool. And she mm-hmm. tells the story uh, on Jimmy Fallon, her interview <laughs> on Jimmy Fallon. She told this story about how she was in Brazil studying Western African mythology. And she was in this gift shop because it was raining and she couldn't get her hair wet. And so she was trying to like look like she was interested, like she was going to buy something so they wouldn't like think it's weird. She was just like hanging out in this gift shop. And she found this or saw this poster um, of the Orisha, which are these African gods and goddesses. And it just blew her away. And she saw herself in this picture, in this poster. And she said something to the effect of like, I just never imagined black and African like gods and goddesses and it just like oh, wow. blew her mind yeah. and she was just so inspired by it and this story just like kind of exploded from there um so okay our lead's name is uh Zaley, and she is this badass amazing just like fierce warrior girl who also just has this really good heart so in this world the magi are the magic wielders and their children are called diviners and if you're a child of magi and you get the magic, then you're a diviner. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And not all the kids get it. Mm. Like her oh, brother, okay. for instance, does not have magic. But then you have to go through this training and like this rite of passage as a diviner. And then you become a uh, magi. Now, the big bad evil in the book is the king. Mm-hmm. Big bad evil king. Big bad evil so, king. So <laughs> big bad evil king uh, wipes out magic. Oh, so it's like a little throne of glass thing. I was about yes. to Yeah, okay. Yes. All right, Very. I'm digging this. So, yes. So he wipes out magic. He kills the magi. And everyone left with magic, he takes their magic away. Oh. And so that's called the raid. When the, They refer to it as the raid when the king takes all the magic, kills the magi. And when the raid happened, Zaylee's mother was killed really brutally and awfully in front of her. And her magic was taken. So... Oh. It's also really interesting the way they do the raid because I feel like in books like this, typically the big thing, the big um, big event that has caused the oppressive state that we're in is so far in the past that the lead doesn't remember it happening. Mm. It's just like, oh, yeah. this is what life is. And she directly remembers it. She was a child, but she it's still like emotional trauma for sure. her. Like she lived it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, okay. We open the book with Zaylee. She's dealing with that grief uh, still so many years later, but she's still training and learning the ways of the Magi and everything. Um, then, through a sequence of events, she becomes friends with the crown princess, and she's amazing, and her name is Amari. So, she is our other female lead, Amari, and she's the princess. She's the daughter of the, of the big bad king? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. So, Interesting. they become friends, and... Pretty much then our our big plot is Zaylee and Amari, the princess, and Zaylee's brother, Zane, go on a journey and a quest to restore magic to their people. And then throughout this, through also a sequence of events, the uh, prince, so Amari's brother, brother, Inan, pursues them on their journey then gets mixed up in the in the group so pretty much the story is the four of them going on Mm -hmm. this adventure through this beautiful world and it's just so much fun getting to know these characters and especially the two female leads are so well done and they're very different like at the beginning they really don't even get along and then you see them both grow and 
learn from each other and their friendship grows and it's just this beautiful arc separately and together and it's just it's really really great beautiful strong female friendship writing I love that um yes also there's some enemies to lovers not gonna tell you who but there's love and enemies to lovers love me some um <laughs> but everything mm-hmm. just like the magic system is different and everything just like kind of feels new and fresh and exciting and there's just like these beautiful depths to the characters and the world and like we're riding through the jungle on this big huge lion and then like she's doing all of this while also making really powerful and important statements and commentary on racism and police brutality and oppression like she is wow yeah. so it's really really just so well done and when you read it, you have to read her author's note at the end. It's like this beautiful call to action, and it's it's really, really beautiful. So, loved it. Loved the message. Loved the characters. Highly recommend it. Children of Blood and Bone, Tomi Adiyami. Oh, that sounds you really... Love that. Yes. I'm glad I bought it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. I'm going to go buy it now. And exactly. I love that the third one is coming out. Like, I love that it's yes, going to be done it's this perfect. year, so we don't have to wait. Yeah, I just kind of focused on the first book, but now you can start it, and then yeah, the exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because I hate when, like, you want to start a series, but you're like, oh, the first one, like, well which will be a good segue into mine, but like, I don't hate it, but I'm like, no, now I have to wait because I want to know what's going on. I know. Um, yes. Okay. So Kim, tell us about your book. <gasps> All right, Kim, your turn. Okay. You're up. Yay. Bring it. So I read Legendborn by Tracy Dion and mm. you guys, it is absolutely amazing. I devoured this book. I read it in yes. like two sittings and I got food poisoning in between and you know, a book is oh. amazing when I was laying there like, puking my guts up and wondering like what's happening with Brie oh, <laughs> I know it was awful. um but but true true sign of a good book really I powered you know. through um, that is a testament it truly is like I yeah. loved this book so much I'm so happy I read it 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 is incredible so the story follows Brie she is 16 years old and her mother just tragically died in a car accident And Mm -hmm. she is obviously really struggling with that. And this book deals so much with grief and loss and the trauma that happens when you lose a loved one. And it was handled so beautifully and so wonderfully. And the quotes from this book about grief and love and loss alone are some of the most beautiful things I've ever read in my entire life. Um, I did not expect to get this kind of emotional like I don't want to say depth in a negative way but you know what I mean like you don't go into YA fantasy thinking like I'm gonna have like a mini therapy session about like grief and loss and love and race and just this it it was such a it's the the messages in this book were were incredible so bigger picture is this story is essentially a loose retelling of King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table combined with something called what Tracy calls Rootcraft, which is steeped in Southern folk traditions. And I'll, I'll touch more on that in a minute, but that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So Tracy Dion has been a fan of King Arthur for years and <laughs> she wrote in the back about how she loves that there's like no one text that tells like the true story because everyone's just kind of taken oh, it. Oh, that's so true. Their own. Like there's no mm-hmm. one I never thought about thing. that. 
And she was yeah. like, so I just kind of hope that Legendborn can be like another piece to King oh, Arthur. Oh, that's story. really neat. And I love that. She was like, I'm obsessed with King Arthur. Um, and I wanted to do a story about it. But the way she weaves the Southern folk traditions and this beautiful story about this girl who lost her mother so young yeah. and so tragically and how she's grieving and dealing with that or, or not dealing with it at first. Um, so yeah. Bree decides to enroll in a residential program for high schoolers at UNC Chapel Hill. And she kind is of... This, sorry, is this current? Like it's... It's, it's like a, yeah, current day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. current day with like, you know, magic. Sure. Um Right, right. Yeah. As as one as does. One does. Yeah. yeah. So Brie shows up at the school, she's she's angry, she's grieving. Um and the first night they go cliff dive. She doesn't go, but they, they go cliff diving. So basically she witnesses like a magical attack her very first night mm. there. And she has no idea what's going on. And it's like a flying demon. And she learns about this secret society on campus, which UNC Chapel <gasps> Hill actually does have secret societies. Oh, do they? And so, <gasps> yeah. So Tracy, like, kind of made a play on that. But obviously, like, this secret society, it was, like, hit hiding in plain sight mm-hmm. because it's actually... It's it's actually, like, the Knights of the Round Table. Oh, that's so oh, cool. That's so, and they're called... That's really um, cool. Yeah, so, like, everyone knows about the secret societies in real life and in the book, but, like, they're parading as a secret society, but they're actually, like, (laughs) magical. They're called legend. They're called legendborn. So, in this book, shadowborns are what they call demons, uh, and legendborns are the knights that are pledged Ah. to, they pledge an oath to protect humans, which they call onceborns because they only live once. Oh, YOLO. Um, <laughs> they are pledged to protect them from these demons. And so this, this yes. society is called legendborns. There's also, so Merlin, so there's a, there's Merlin. Oh, is there a Merlin? In this book. There's Merlin. Is his name Merlin? And they, no, they're, they're like, it's like a category okay. of people. So there's ah. Merlins who are, um, like they're, it's like, he's a mage and he calls himself a Merlin and they are essentially, um, they have magic. They create what's called ether, uh, and they can like take it from the air and the ground and the elements around them and do magic with it. And that's how they help kill demons. They kind of like hunt demons that way. And they work with the legend born. They kind of, they're all in this society together. Um, so she sees this attack, and this Merlin tries to wipe her memory, but it doesn't work on her, and she remembers. Ooh. And she remember. this is, none of this is a spoiler. So the night that her mother died, she remembers someone at the hospital trying to wipe her memory away. <gasps> and she what? has, like, a, a hint of it, and she's like, wait a minute, I don't remember this. Like, I don't remember this happening at the hospital. Yeah. Why am I remembering it now? Just like a little bit. And a little bit unlocked to where she's like, these people have something to do with my mother's death. So she decides to infiltrate this secret society and find out what the heck is going on and what they have to do with her mother's death. Because a Merlin was at the hospital and tried to wipe her and her dad's memory of what happened to her mom. Wow. So she meets this guy who was in the secret society, but like, is out of it now and wants nothing to do with it. And she basically forces him to sponsor her to be in this tournament of okay. the hierarchy of the, of the system. It, you guys know I, I'm a slut for some good world building. 
And, oh, I know you are, girl. This book, like the the structure of the society, and there's pages and squires and everything. Yes. So it's like a magical competition, and whoever wins gets to be like the right hand man to um, the heirs of the Knights of the Round Table. Oh, okay. So that's kind of the premise of the whole story. She's trying to figure out what is going on with her mom. She wants to get revenge. She wants to figure out what happened. And she thinks that this society is the way to do it. And along the way, she gets swept up in way more than she bargained for. And she starts learning more about oh, the society. I love it. But she also um, meets up with a woman. Uh, her, her dad sets up a therapy, therapy sessions with her to help work through her grief with her mom. And this woman practices root craft, which is actually a real thing. Um, So Tracy said, I took inspiration from African-American history and spiritual traditions. In particular, I focused on root work, also known as hoodoo or conjure. Root work was developed by enslaved Africans and their descendants under American slavery. And it can be traced from its historic origins to very practices in present day African-American communities. So it is a real thing. Um, which I did not know. I thought she made it yeah. up, but it's oh, wow. cool. so there's a side part going on about Brie um, connecting with her ancestors. And yeah, it was so interesting. This, this university is set in the South and the juxtaposition of Brie being, um, she's a, a young black woman and standing on this campus. Uh, there is a graveyard of black slaves that is like, they're all mm-hmm. unmarked. And there's no Mm. stones or anything. And it's a real place. Um, Mm. And she said, uh, because for me and many other black people in the South, it feels as if the very soil that helped grow this country is soaked with the acknowledged and unacknowledged blood, sweat, and tears of enslaved Africans and their descendants. And in truth, it is. So that's one of the reasons why she um, chose to use the term root when speaking about root craft. Mm. Because she says that it's different for... Um, different African-American communities will call it different things. And so she chose that because truly she feels like the roots of this country were built by slaves. And so Brie has that acknowledgement too, that she's walking on ground that was built by her ancestors. And it is just the way that, that Tracy Dion waves all of weaves all of this together is so incredible. And the diversity in this book, Brie is is uh, is black. Her best friend is Taiwanese American and is um, a lesbian. There's also a non-binary character. There's multiple bi and gay characters, and it is just it's so natural. It's so organic. It's so beautiful, just as it should yeah. be. It's so it's so wonderful, you guys. Um, I oh, I know I I'm really read excited. It. Oh. There's like a little love interest a, moment. I was going to ask, is there a romance <laughs> there situation? Is, there okay, is, okay. And it's You know I need a romance, cute. girl. Oh, it is. Um, yeah. The romance is not like it's it's no A Court no, of Silver Friends. I just need a hint I mean? of one. I just need, one. I just need it there it's somewhere in the... It's emotionally there. And there's also like yeah, a bad boy a character that like Bree's like... Ooh. has a very complicated relationship with that I'm seeing oh. something. I don't know, but... <laughs> It could be there. Could, could be, there, be there. But I cannot recommend this book enough. It oh, is I'm it so deserves to read it. It has gotten a lot of hype, but I truly feel like it deserves, it deserves more. It. Like it's so good. Yeah. I'll shut up about it now, but like you must read it. Oh, oh I'm so excited. Oh, I am I'm in. I am going to read it. TBR. I know, the TBR. Top, done. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right, Anna. Okay, Anna. Okay. Hit us with it. So I am so excited to talk about this book. I 
Okay, so I chose The Imperium Trilogy by Claire Legrand. I'm only going to talk about the first book, Furyborn. I've read all three. Um, her, They're all out, obviously. The third one came out, um, I think it came out in this, this past October. Um, so you both know that I'm very hard to, like, surprise in books. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, the we, second we, we book. Yeah. You know everything. Books I, ahead. I'm Sherlock Holmes. When it comes to books. A hundred, yes, that is so true. <laughs> but this one surprised me, and I was oh. like, oh, you little trickster, Claire. <laughs> didn't oh. see that coming. You tricky, 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 um, tricky. If I didn't want to read it before. <laughs> I truly, that is high praise from Anna, it's because I've never yeah. heard such a thing. <laughs> um, no, so I'm really excited to talk about this book. Um, so a little, uh, you know, just kind of backstory on Claire or where she came up with this idea. Um, I was listening to a few interviews and apparently she was 18 years old and she came up with the idea and she said she was sitting on a plane, which is so weird because this is like Sarah J. Maas talking about Crescent City too. So she said she was listening to um, Lord of the Rings and she said she just had this vision of the main character of this girl whose her name is Riel and she had the vision of who Riel is at the end of the third book. And oh wow. Yeah. And she was like, so then it was almost like working backwards. I started asking myself all these questions. Like who is this person and what is she doing? And why does she behave this way? And and she said that kind of ended up being the format for the book. Because you mm-hmm. open the first book in the prologue. So this is not giving anything away. But in the prologue, Riel is giving birth to her daughter. And it, yeah. Oh, wow. And so you know that she has this daughter. And there's yeah. a little boy, Simon, in it. And there is destruction. It's like war torn. And Riel has all this power. And she's a danger, basically, kind of to everyone. And she's trying to protect the baby. And she tells mm-hmm. Simon to take the baby to this um, other kingdom. And so it starts that way with Simon. Wait, sorry, this is yes, on the prologue. This is on the prologue. It's like what? the it's like wow. crazy. Which I love because it's it's yeah. one of those books where like it just grabs you right away and you're like, what is going yeah. on? And then when it the mm-hmm. book actually starts with chapter one, it's Riel. It might be just like a year earlier. And everything oh. is so different. She's just this girl. It's a really interesting, um, different type of fantasy book because it spans over a thousand years. Every chapter alternates between Riel in this one world where it's, you know, kind of ambiguous, it's made up, it's not urban, it's not today, it's not current. And then you go a thousand years into the future and it's almost like a dystopian fantasy world. And there's a young girl. Sold. I know. Sold. That is so cool. It's. Sign me up. Hold on. It's bizarre. What? Yeah. In the future? Yes. So, so that it's kind. So it's like cool. one yes. of those books where like you're reading, you're reading, you're reading a chapter. The chapter ends, and of course, the chapter ends on like kind of a cliffhanger, and you're like, "Oh my god, what's going to happen?" And you turn yeah. the page to read the next chapter, but wait, it's not about that character. We've jumped a thousand years into the future, and now we're reading about a that whole is new character. So crazy, yeah. That's so and of course, cool. as you're reading it, you start to see tie-ins. Okay. I was gonna say, uh, are they connected? Of course. Are of the tie-ins okay? In okay, this okay, world, okay. there are magic wielders. And there are seven elements that, you know, you can kind of, uh, that a magic wielder will identify strongly with, like water, air, metal, earth, etc. And Riel is the only 
person in existence who can use all seven of the like elements. Oh wow. Mm. And she's kept it hidden. So she's yes, important. she's very important. And yeah. she's kept it hidden because her father was worried that, you know, she'd be ostracized or you know executed for her power because she's, you know, actually right. very powerful. Um right. and as I'm sure we can all see where that's going. Like that's never a good idea to like suppress <laughs> your magic. <laughs> In any of these books, out, girl, <laughs> um, no, nothing bad has <laughs> ever, bad ever happened when we suppress no. magic. No, um, no, no. And so, you know, Riel's power scares a lot of people because in the first, you know, in the beginning of the book, it's it it, it becomes apparent she's been hiding it for years, and all of a sudden, her magic, um, she has to use it to save all, the a crown prince is life, and their mm. best friends. And she saves his life, and she uses a magic that people didn't know that she could use. Mm. And everyone freaks out because there's a prophecy. Mm. And the prophecy states that there's going to, one day there will rise a sun queen and a blood queen. And as you can probably guess, like the sun queen is like, yay, we like her. And the blood queen is like death and destruction. And they don't know who Riel is. I love a good prophecy. And they don't know who Riel is. I love a good prophecy. So Riel's whole storyline is the kingdom has basically decided to put her through seven trials to test all seven elements of her magic. And if she can pass them, then yay, she's a sun queen and she gets anointed the sun queen. If she fails, she's the blood queen and she gets executed. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Stakes high. (laughs) Girl. Right. (laughs) So, you gotta do real well in these yeah, tests. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's there's a lot going on in this book, but it's I gotta give Claire Legrand credit. Like when you're reading it, it's it it makes sense, and her world building is just incredible because she takes her time, and because you kind of go chapter by chapter, alternating between Riel's world and then what the world is like a thousand years later it's her same yeah. world but a thousand that's, years later that is that's so cool and it's that's so it's cool. really interesting because you're seeing what's happening in Riel's time period and when you jump a thousand years into the future it's like everything has gone to hell and it's dystopian basically it's like the dystopian yeah. Riel's world and you're seeing like what could happen if everything went wrong yeah and it's really cool, but it goes back to like the prologue when she's sending her baby with Simon and she tells Simon, who is a Mark, a descendant of an angel and a human, oh. and she says, I need you to protect my baby. You need to take her to this other kingdom. Simon is like, um, I think he's like eight years old. And oh my gosh. yeah, and he's, you know, traumatized. Something happens and he tries to time walk with the baby to take her to this kingdom that the nearby kingdom and something goes wrong and the baby gets ripped from him. And <gasps> the last thing that Riel gives to Simon to, to like give to the baby is this little necklace with um, a horse on it. And when we fast forward to a thousand years into the future, <gasps> there's a girl and she has a necklace yes, with a horse on a it. Horse on it. But she has another mother and she has a father and it's, you're not sure where the horse pendant came from. Is she this daughter or is it something that has been passed down in her family? Like you're not quite sure where we are. And it's really, really interesting. And of course, within a few chapters, (laughs) Simon shows up in this thousand year future. (gasps) And it's like, it's, it is a trip, you guys. 
it's so fascinating to read. Yeah. And of course there's a love interest, but well, I mean, but it's but it's it's really it's a very action packed and um it's it's a it's really it's a very good read. I mean, Claire Legrand has really created an incredible universe with some great characters. Oh my gosh, uh, I cannot wait to read I it. I'm so me excited up. that you told us about this one because I, I know me too. I feel like I've seen this book around a lot, and I really I guess I didn't really know what it was about. I thought I maybe I did, but. This is just blowing my mind, the whole thousand totally. years ahead of time thing. So I am so excited about this. This is great. Yeah. Same. I really, it was, um, it was a really fun read. Highly yeah. recommend. <laughs> Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Yes. Um, okay. So should we talk about some of our favorite female heroines, female characters, female Yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about our favorite female characters. Um, I mean, I feel like when we were making this list, I was really struck by the fact that, you know these fictional women can be role models for us too, you know, even as Mm -hmm. fictional women and, and, you know, whether it's defeating some big, bad, evil King or just, you know, kind of being there for a friend in a really important moment, you know, light it up. Uh, (laughs) Or like, you know, just no matter what, it's like, it's, it's just so wonderful how these authors can create these female characters that inspire us and, you know, um, really make the book, mm, especially yeah. female friendships. Um, yes. So, okay, yeah, speaking of Light It Up, Ugh. though, let's talk about Crescent City. Got okay, it. Okay. So, so we have to be really careful because, guys, Kim's covering Kim ears. has Kim's never covering read the book, which, which she would have. This is partly Christine and I. We have told her to not read it now <laughs> until we all reread it together, or Christine yes, and I reread it with her. Well, I want to wait till the second one comes out so I can read yeah. it, like, back to back it's really tricky yes. because we have to be very careful when we say things and she has to be careful when she's on social media <laughs> yes very yes. careful i'm like that ah, nope scrolling <laughs> but this also helps us a little bit kim because it would be really easy for me and anna to just go off the rails, rails. here and talk about bryce and danica so it's this helps us like Hone it in, rein it in a little bit, and and keep it spoiler free. I'm here for you guys. I'm here for you. Thank you. I'm like actually tearing up. Like this, I love them so much. I have. No, I don't think I've. Like I don't know that I have a female friendship that I love more. I the thirteen is very close for me because I just they are. I mean, that is my true I love. can't, the 13, I don't even, I mean, we're not doing a spoiler oh my, episode, I, but I love the 13. Truly. Um, I love the How could you not? Yeah. But Bryce and Danica, I think, I think I, the reason I love them so much is because they are, she makes their friendship kind of the center through the entire story. And it's not totally. like, it's not a love, it, I mean, of course there's a love interest in Crescent City, but that love interest isn't actually the love that is what's important to the whole book it's this female Mm. bond and friendship and this best friends like you know do or die ride hard what is it saying ride or die ride or die they're they're ride or die okay sorry um it's that it's that ride or die love and I don't know. I just we sh- we would all be so lucky to have somebody like Bryce or Danica as our best friend. I completely agree, and I think the way she writes it, it is very relatable and feels mm. very real. I th- 
It's like it's like from Grey's Anatomy when you have if you've ever read that book or, or sorry you've never like, read Grey's Anatomy. Never, it's oh, like, like Grey's wait, Anatomy. It's a book? No, it's it's like you know when Christina and Meredith yes. are like she's yes. my person. Yes, that's how this is. It's Bryce is Danica's person and Danica is Bryce's person and yes, and it's beautiful. They are friendship lobsters. If you watch Friends, oh uh, yeah, that one I get. That one I get. It's really, it's, Kim, I you, will, I like, you will see, Kim. Kim, I, I mean, I know we talk about it. I feel like we're talking about it so much, so we just need to shut up about it. Yeah, let's but, move on. Yeah. Um, okay, Guys, so. I cannot wait. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's, let's talk see. about, what, let's talk about the 13. About? <gasps> My okay, babies. so the 13 well, is also difficult without spoilers. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's just like, they're their bond and what they go through together and separately throughout the series is just, if you had told me that I would love the 13 based on the first scene that we meet them, I would be like, Duh. I'd be like, like, no fucking way. No fucking so, no way. Also, sorry for context. The 13 is from the throne of glass series by Sarah yes. J. Mass. Um, they're a coven of, they're a coven of witches. Um, they're just badass. They're badass bitches, and they like, are they're scary, awesome. They're yeah, they're terrifying. And something I think that's really cool about the thirteen is they are these like fierce, badass, like actually sometimes scary women. Yeah. Um, but they they are each other's constant in this mm-hmm. scary, mm-hmm. messy, yeah. evil world, and they are raised and their lives are such where they are not supposed to show emotion. They don't have emotion. Sometimes they're, you know, and the, for a lot of them, a lot of 13, really the only time we see emotion is when they are together interacting with each other. And it's just such, it's like the most, I think maybe one of the most like true sisterhood. Mm. Yes. um, Like, examples that and I think it's that they have with each other like the I don't even know if love is the right word because like again like you said they're they're not super they're not emotional beings but when we see it it's so there it's it's almost it's like so there and it's really only they're for each loyalty. other well and, like, it, and it, it just goes back to like Sarah J Mass's you know use of uh found family you know like they're yes, each other's yes. found family and they they've yes, come they together are. and they've bonded in a way that's outside of the norm of their race, so to speak, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, it's totally. beautiful. It's, it's so heartwarming. I mean, it just, their, their story arc is one All of my feels. absolute favorites. Okay. So since speaking of Sarah J. Mass, I feel like, you know, badass female heroines. We have to talk about Aelin. Aelin Galathinius. Yes. Aelin. <laughs> oh, I always say Galathinius. Interesting. Oh, interesting. I mean, oh, I say Galathinius. Yeah. Aelin Ashriver Galathinius. I'm Such a great oh, I say Ash Shriver. Oh, yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm probably wrong. Okay, so her... Oh, gosh. Something that strikes me about her that's just so... I, we could go on and on about her for a really long time, but... I really Her could. journey and her strength, mm. the things she has been through, and the amount of badassery that she is. Like, I mean, she's a famous assassin at 17. Like, she is a badass woman. Truly. So, I think the the amount of, of incredible strength and, uh, mm. you know... Her killing calm and all this stuff but then oh, we also are allowed to see her like she loves clothes and she loves, <laughs> she loves fashion like chocolate oh, cake yeah, she and does. she loves reading and she loves these things she loves music just, playing I the piano really, yeah and I just I appreciate the fact that 
Sarah made her so multifaceted to where she's not just yes. this, yeah. this like what we would think of as a like strong badass woman. She also has layers that we relate to, like oh, you know that you every woman can kind of well, relate to and and feel themselves. What in. Sarah really cool. excels at is writing flawed leading ladies. Yes, I mean Bryce, Feyre, Aelin, and they all have deep flaws or. So, I mean, and, and usually something traumatic that's happened to them that's the catalyst uh-huh. for the way that they are. Um, but yet they're also so identifiable and relatable because of their flaws, because it makes you mm-hmm. feel like they're human in a way, even though they have might have extreme power or badassery or whatever. I, I also think something that's really, uh, I really love that all of her leading ladies, ladies have been through some sort of trauma and that trauma does not make them less strong and that they mm. deal with the trauma. They deal with their emotions and their grief and their, it doesn't happen overnight and it is a slow journey sometimes, yeah. but that having those emotions and going through hard times does not make them not a strong woman. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. keep them from being a strong badassery woman. It's just a part of them that they're working through but they can still be strong at the same time. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, who else do we want to talk about? I want to finish off with Danielle Jensen's Bridge Kingdom and oh, her character, I love, Lara. I love her. I love her so much. She is She's different than the other characters we've talked about she so far. She is different, definitely. You know? Mm-hmm. She has a... She is a badass woman, but she also is... She has this, like fierce protectiveness and the sense of justice mm. and this like willingness to sacrifice herself for what she think is, thinks is right. Mm. Like she is, she is, um, she's acting for the good of something greater than herself. Yeah. Like she, she very much, the, the conflict is that she's doing what she believes is her duty. Yeah. And she's willing to sacrifice her, herself, her, her, her being for the cause. Her happiness. And, yeah. Yeah. And, we see her she's being trained with her 12 half sisters as spies since she was a oh child so the like, beginning of that book you guys yeah that scene i mean obviously i'm not going to say anything but like this is another book similar to furyborn i think that just sucks you in right away and laura is put in a very difficult situation that and opening she, scene is like what? oh my gosh yeah. Hooked you don't. You're like, didn't see that coming. Okay. No. Nope. You're like, wait, what did I just? What, what did, did I just read? read? And like, what just? And it's not like it's a here? scene. I think it's like almost like a. I would say the first chapter. Yeah, it's a new. Like, well, yes, it's an entire chapter, on. and there's a whole build up, and then all of a sudden it what? something happens, and you're just like, what the wait, what heck just happened? Which is like Danielle, applause, girl. We I mean, love amazing. these books so much. Um, I think really she is she is a great example of a a a great great female lead you know i know when an author has written an amazing character when i get very frustrated and i don't mean frustrated like sorry sorry cassandra claire but like (laughs) when when, i don't mean frustrated and like i'm frustrated with these characters and where this is going i just mean frustrated because you're like no why is this happening why are you doing this yes you're so you're so invested in this character and the story and she has she does that with me and laura so many times in this book because i agree laura is she's trained to be a spy an assassin a 
a mastermind of all of those things. And totally. mm-hmm. she's really good at her job. She <laughs> is And good. there are times where, you know, she has her eye on the prize and she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. And you're just like, I know no. it breaks your heart, but you also like have so much respect for her because she grapples with that too. Yeah. You know, she really struggles with like, is this what I want anymore? I thought I went into this and I thought I knew what I wanted and I thought I knew what I was doing and what my mission was. Mm-hmm. And yes. now as time has gone on, like things have changed, but I still have that duty inside myself to my kingdom and my, my family yeah. and, and everything else. But now it, it I don't know. She's it, just, I think Christina said it well in the beginning. She has a very, very, very strong sense of justice and she's very self-sacrificing. Yes. And definitely. part of the frustration I think that we feel with her a lot of the book is that Danielle uh, Jensen does such a good job of developing her character that when she does these frustrating things, you understand where she's coming from mm-hmm. and you understand her reasoning. It's heartbreaking because yes, of that. Yes. Because you get it, but you're yeah. also like... It's so frustrating. No! no. But you, but yes, We're so but close. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Totally. It's, I love her her and my sweet angel boy Aaron I know I miss him so much like I guys I actively miss him like he's a real person it's weird. you know I do too I really do I I'm excited to read her when are we gonna reread those books we gotta do that we'll 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 dedicate podcast episodes to it 100% this was really fun to talk about I love hearing I love hearing both of the books that you guys read and talking about them it makes me really excited to read I love that we did this each read a book that the others haven't read and got to like talk about it. I think that's I so totally fun. agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. And then our next episode. Yes. Uh, so next episode is going to be really fun. Ooh, um, yes. So we're going to be talking about From Blood and Ash by Jennifer Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Oh book my three gosh. comes out. Book three comes out at the end of April. And we April. have book one and book two getting their own episodes yes. coming like first and second week of April. So we're so excited. Yes. Yes. So we're here to refresh you. We're here if you want to read along with us. We are here for yeah. all the From Blood and Ash things. We are so excited about it. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. So Cannot we will see you back here for that next episode on the first From Blood and Ash. But in the meantime, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Flights of Fantasy Podcast and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And we can't wait to see you back here. Yay! Yay. Yay. Happy reading! Thanks Happy for reading, listening. Everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>